For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com. Use the code word REBEL for a discount on pillows, sheets, pet beds, and everything else at MyPillow.com. Woo! Rebels, it's that time! Can you feel it? Are you ready to be a great parent? Do you want to feel like you're back on your honeymoon? Well, we believe in you and God believes in you. Rebels, it's time to join the rebellion. It's time for Rebel Parenting. What's happening, Rebels? It is December. Have you got your decorations up? I would, but it snowed so much I can't get on the roof. So we have inside decorations, not outside decorations. We now have new gates for the dogs because they destroyed our Christmas tree. I should have taken pictures, but Laura was so mad I had to clear out. I was like, nope, I'm out. Got a good pod for you today. You're going to like this one. This is my own personal pastor, Glenn Packey. I'm talking about his book, Blessed, Broken, Given. It is a great book. There's a great devotional for it on the YouVersion app on your phone. It's quick. It's like three or five days. It's something that you can totally get through. Uh, sometimes I sign up for devotionals, and then it gets long, and then I get bogged down, and then I feel guilty. This one was quick. I enjoyed it. It made me want to get deeper into the book. You're going to love it. Here is Glenn Packiam on today's edition of Rebel Parenting. Oh, that was quick. Hi, everybody. Welcome. What's happening, Rebels? So good to see you. I keep forgetting, like, normally we have the camera right here so that we were looking at a guest, and oh, now yeah. it's over, there, over there, so yeah. I'm trying not to look at myself. People are like, what are you talking about? We have a monitor in our office. So, this is a good one today. Hey. My own pastor is here, Pastor Glenn. How are you guys? So good Great to have to you here. You. Thanks for being here. This is Pastor Glenn, Glenn Packiam. He is Associate Senior Pastor at New Life Church here in Colorado Springs, you're an ordained priest with the <laughs> Anglican Church of North America. You have a doctorate in theology and ministry from Durham University in the UK. So you're ordained and you're a priest. <laughs> you're like awesome. Reverend Father? Is that, Listen, no. Can we say that? I'm, I'm your friend Glenn, man. Yeah. It's like in the UK when you get two doctorates, they call you Doctor Doctor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We love it. I have been a fan of yours since we started going to church. I love... Your preaching style. I asked you for a list of books that you <laughs> liked. Yeah. And I remember you gave me this list of books. And I came away from that thinking, oh, I like you so much more. <laughs> the one that impacted me greatest was C.S. Lewis's mm. Letters to Malcolm, Chiefly on Prayer. Oh, man. Yeah. I am telling you. So for me, you're a writer. Yes. We're going to talk about your book. Sure. I've written. I'm considering writing again. I was Dunned at C.S. Lewis's writing of that book, just from a writer standpoint, letters. Yeah. because you're reading a book yeah. that's one-sided. It's just his letters to Malcolm, but you get the entire conversation by the way he speaks. He only did it one time. It's amazing. Yeah. He did yeah. it one time. Yeah. How do you do that? How do you learn how to do a prose like that? It's so complicated. One book. Right. That's it. Oh, okay. We're just going to do one book. Just, you know, to prove to everyone that we're a better writer than everybody else. Like, it was stunning. And it was very, very deep. It was very, very, very deep. Man, it was fascinating. So, yes. I remember coming home to Lauren being like, ooh, he likes really good books. Yeah. I'm so happy. Wow, you guys. We have so much in common. And we've just enjoyed our friendship with you mm. and have so much yeah. respect Thank for you. what you're doing. Well, and Laura goes to your wife's uh, Bible study, Yum. the women's group. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. So, yeah, let's dive into it. Let's yeah. do it. So, for those that we, Glenn's got a book. It's right here. It is mm. called "Blessed, Broken, and Given: How Your Story Becomes Sacred in the Hands of Jesus." I got to tell you what I really enjoyed. I enjoyed the book. 
I like the version Bible study. Oh, nice. It yeah. was really, really, I was expecting it to be longer, and then... It's like five days. It's like five yeah. days. Yeah, yeah, it's a tease. So, but yes, and it made me want to dive more into the book. It was so great. I was like, oh, five days. Well, it's manageable. It's it manageable. Like, uh, yeah. We've all got so much stuff going on. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, you sign up for a 40-day thing. You're like, ah, uh, you quit on day five, And then right? you've got like friends that follow you, and you're like, yeah. ooh, I better catch up. I got people. <laughs> right. There's all this shame. weird shame yeah. in my Bible study life. I, I literally unfriended everyone on version. Like, no, I went silent. I got no. a new account. Keep that stuff private. It's just me. Yeah. 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 But the five days, it was really refreshing to read a lot of scripture mm. and to get into it. Yeah. Where did it come from? You know, it's interesting because bread is kind of the central metaphor of this book. And bread, it's maybe the most ordinary food item you could think of, you know. Sure. I, I, yeah, like I grew up in, in Malaysia. Every culture. In every culture, exactly. Everyone's got their own version, too. Mm. Right. Yeah. I was thinking about this. Someone told me this. There's a cafe in Manhattan that has painted on their wall, like breads from all around the world. Because they heard wow. me talking about this and like, did you know there's this, you know. And I thought, well, I know in Malaysia we have roti, this like flatbread, yeah. which is not unlike naan in India or yeah. anjara in Ethiopia. But then there's tortillas in Mexico yeah. and there's, you know, baguettes in France and sliced white bread in America. You don't think about bread and Mexico very much, but a torta, a good... A good torta. Oh, there is mm. nothing like that. So bread... It's wonderful because it speaks of the very commonness. It's everywhere. It's like the way we feel about our lives. We yeah. think our lives are just common, ordinary. Yep. It's a staple. Like It doesn't stand out. And yet, bread is what Jesus uses to describe his own life. He says, I'm the bread of heaven. Mm-hmm. I mean, isn't that something like Jesus could have come down and said, you know, let's go with an exotic metaphor. I am the, you know, yeah. whatever the prime rib of his day would have been or whatever, you know. But he says bread, I think, for a, on purpose to say that God is inhabiting even our most ordinary moments. It's hmm. a bit ubiquitous. Yeah. It's everywhere. Yeah. Hmm. And then every time Jesus has bread in his hands in the Gospels, he does these same three things. He blesses it, he breaks it, and he gives it. So that's where the idea of the book came from. Mm-hmm. Is like, okay, so not only is this a way of understanding Jesus, but it's actually a way of understanding our life in Jesus's hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Completely. You know, it's interesting when you talk about broken in the book, being broken, and how it's always considered a negative thing, and yet bread can't be given out until it's broken. Tell That's him. it, right? Bread that is not broken cannot be shared. I will tell mm. you, I struggled in the early days of Rebel Parenting because I grew up in an era of experts and a family of experts. My dad's got a PhD. He's a professor of pediatrics at USC. He's a professor of child development at Point Loma. The list goes on and on and on and on. He's got 23 honorary doctorates and an earned PhD. I mean, it's a lot. I'm not that. And I was embarrassed of my failures. Mm. I thought those detracted from what we were gonna try to do here. Mm. We have found over the years, we were just speaking at the Colorado Springs Mental Health Summit that was held at New Life, Maine. And I talk about my failure and the response, like, it's such an odd thing to find out that our strength is in our weaknesses and our mistakes mm-hmm. because it's relatable. So true. Everyone goes through it. Mm-hmm. We all want to hide it. Mm-hmm. And at times I get up and I'm like, okay, I'm just going to bear my soul here. And Well, we disqualify ourselves. Not yeah. that God has counted us out, but that we think either we're too ordinary or mm-hmm. we're too messy. And, yeah. and that's what I love about this bread metaphor is... 
actually, that is what God does. He created this world. So, first of all, nothing is as ordinary as it seems. Not even bread, yeah. you know? Right. Yeah. And that's the whole idea in church history of the bread speaks of the body of Christ. And however, whatever is happening, there's some kind of mystery. It's not just bread. There's right. something mm-hmm. spiritual in our hearts. But then the messy part, I love just starting right there. What if the very messes of our lives, when we place them in Jesus's hands, yeah. become his way of feeding the multitude, of taking care of others? There's nothing else God has to work with besides us. We're all he's got. So yep. thankfully, he, he delights in that. He chose that. Mm. Isn't he that great? He did. He chose us yeah. specifically and uniquely. Yeah. Yeah. You know, when I'm reading um, Dennis Prager's Genesis Bible Commentary. Mm. Interesting, huh? It's so deep. Like I'll do like eight pages and I'll just sit there and kind of be like, okay, Mm. you know, and when he is creating everything, he's creating most of it from dirt. Yeah. 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 And then when it comes to us, he breathes into us. It's a different relationship. Mm. He wants to have communication with us. He wants us to talk with him. He wants us to trust him, you know, and well, you know, this word blessed on social media gets a funny, you know, if yeah. you Google ha- or just sort of hashtag, hashtag blessed, blessed, it's like all kinds of things come up. But in the Bible, you, you know, you refer to Genesis. That's the first instance of us seeing God blessing something. And what does God bless? The whole world. Yeah. He blesses everything he's made. Wow. Yeah. And with human beings, very good, he calls us, you know, mm. so... For so many of us, we think our story, even Christians, we think our story begins with our sin. You know, step one, right. you're a dirty, rotten sinner. And maybe this is the Romans Road thing. I don't want to point fingers yeah. at why this is the case. Sure, sure, but sure. we kind of <laughs> think that the gospel begins with you're a sinner. Yeah. That is not how the gospel begins. The Bible mm. begins with, and God saw you and called you good. Yeah. Amen. And God blessed you. God had something beautiful in mind when he made you. And to be able to know that blessedness is actually the beginning of our story. Yeah. It's a powerful thing. That shifts everything for moms and parents. I mean, just because if you're going to think that way, then it's like everything after is a blessing. Yes. Right? right. Instead of like, oh, I'm cursed. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh, here's my sin habit occurring again. I mean, what would you say to the moms that are just sitting there being in the mundane Mm -hmm. of life Mm -hmm. and the ordinary, like, I'm doing the dishes mm-hmm. again. Again, yeah. I am washing these clothes again. Yeah. Like how to invite them into that bigger well, story. You know, uh, you guys know this before your viewers and listeners. My wife and I, we have four kids. We've been mm. married 18 years. <laughs> our oldest is 14. Our youngest oh. is seven. So we're the, in the same boat. All, all of our moments yes, are indeed. ordinary and <laughs> stressful and crazy and all of that. And I think there is something really beautiful about saying, actually, the world is not divided into natural and supernatural. That is a division that happened. I mean, just a little bit of history. That's a division that happened in the Enlightenment era. Mm. But that's not a division that you see in the Bible. The world of the Hebrew way of thinking and the Christian way of thinking, the New Testament, was not natural world, supernatural. And if we think like that, if we divide it, then we'll say, well, dishes, diapers, bedtime, that's just natural world. But when I go to church and pray, oh, that's when I'm in the supernatural. supernatural. In the mindset of the Bible, they believed in the glory of the Lord being all around us. Hmm. In Genesis, you have Jacob falling asleep with his head on a rock (laughs) and waking up and saying, surely the Lord was in this place and I didn't know it. Mm. That's what I would say to that mom. That's what I would yeah. say to those parents is, surely, surely the Lord. Lord is in this place, mm-hmm. at your sink, in the you know nursery room, wherever you are, in your cubicle, at work, stuck in traffic, you know, yeah. surely the Lord is in that place, though you do not know it. Yeah, we were talking about mm. this earlier. 
I got amazed that, I mean, I like my kids. Yeah, yeah. You have great kids. I mean, you got <laughs> well, great kids. So do you. <laughs> yeah. I like your kids. <laughs> <laughs> but I was thinking, when I was first a parent, I was a very fear-based parent. I knew I was going to blow it. I knew I was going to mess up. I was going to be unworthy. I was going to ruin kids. Yeah. And I wasn't enjoying it. Because it was always this just weight on my shoulder that I'm going to be a terrible parent. And mm. I am going to blow it. It's going to happen. Of yeah. course. And I'm learning to love parenting. Like, my kids are so fun. They're mm. so unique. They're so different from each other. But at 13, Lincoln and I watch movies, you know. And I just sit there looking at him like, I could take it out with this kid. And, yeah. you know, I hear people like, oh, I'm just a mom or I'm just a stay-at-home mom or I'm just a dad, yeah. you know. And it's like, no, 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 no. The Lord shows yes. you specifically, uniquely, specially mm. to be in these kids' lives. Beautiful. And that to me gets overwhelming at times, like, oh my goodness, I can't believe it. Like, wow, yeah. Yeah. that's a big deal. Yeah. You know, I'm talking about Prager's book. I'm dying to read it to Lincoln, but I'm so nerdy. Yeah. He's going to be like, what? No. And Laura goes, just do 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah. That's true. He can do anything for 10 that's minutes. True. And I was like, oh yeah, I could yeah. just be like, hey, I'm going to read to you for 10 minutes. I just want to do 10 minutes of this. Mm -hmm. yes. And he'll roll his eyes and be like, ah. Oh. And I just want him to, like, there's so much. I'm learning so much about the Bible. And it's so interesting. I can give him 10 minutes of interesting Bible stuff. Yeah. You know? Mm. Well, I love what you're saying about the gift of our children to us and that we are to them. And just the mm. fact of recognizing what if the Lord has really deliberately on purpose put us together with him, which he has. has. Yes. Yeah. He has done. But yeah. how easy it is to forget that and to sort of like, you know, move right past it. One of the great gifts of kids is they actually see the world with a whole lot more wonder than we do as sure. adults, you know. Go deeper into that. We were talking about that yeah. earlier and yeah. I was like, ooh, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you guys probably have stories about this too, but when I was a kid, so I grew up in Malaysia and it was a row of terrace houses. So, you know, it wasn't like sprawling countryside. It was definitely like packed in. And But right across the street was this like tree stump that had fallen down at an angle. And I would go and sit in it. There was a rock and then this fallen tree stump. And I would sit behind. And when I sat on that rock with that tree stump in front of me, all of a sudden I was in the Millennium Falcon. Like yeah. this was my gunner. I was the gunner. So what year did you see Star Wars? <laughs> oh, I mean, it's probably right around that time, seven or eight years old or something okay. like that, you know. And that's how my kids are. when mm -hmm. they're, they're playing and this is all of a sudden hot lava on the carpet yeah. and, you know, whatever. And my stress as a parent comes really when I am trying to stop them from doing their, their childhood stuff kind, yeah. and come on, sit down and do your schoolwork, whatever. We, you know, we homeschool our kids. And instead of saying, well, wait a minute, maybe I should take a break and close my laptop and let's go sledding. Let's go do this. Let's mm -hmm. imagine yeah. we're on a rocket yep. ship right now. Yeah. The floor is lava. The floor is lava. <laughs> Don't touch it. Let's Head jump from couch to couch, yeah. you know. Because actually that's closer to this idea of a sacramental worldview, the idea that the glory of God is here, even in the world all around us. You know, when Isaiah has this great vision in Isaiah 6 and the angels sing, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. We get that part. Oh, God, you're so far. Yeah, right, right. But then the angels say, the whole earth is full of his glory. Right. Uh, that's the yeah. part we miss. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's holy. And yeah. he's right here. He's sure. right here. And Can you see him? Why do you think we're missing that point? Wow, what a great question. <laughs> I'm not sure. I think it could be because of our split level view of the world. Yeah. You know, the upstairs, right. downstairs, supernatural, natural. Right. I just have to do all this. I have to perform. I have to work yeah. hard. I have to make it. 
Yeah, and think for a minute about what we believe as Christians. The formal doctrine is called the incarnation. But what we're saying is that God came and took on human flesh and was in a manger. That says to us, and C.S. Lewis makes this point, nothing is too profane or mm. ordinary or mundane for God to come and dwell in it. If the Son of God, if the second person of the Trinity took on flesh and was born in a manger with you know animals or whatever... Nothing's off limits now. God can come and inhabit our messes and Mm. our most ordinary moments. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with more Rebel Parenting. Hey, Rebels, this part of the podcast is brought to you by Care Of, one of our new sponsors. The website is takecareof.com. The code word is Rebel Parenting, 25% off your first month. It's hard to get back into a healthy routine when you've been out of it for a while. And Laura and I know this. We've been out of working out. We just joined a new gym and I wanted to kickstart it. So I've been trying to figure out what vitamins and supplements to take. And so I went to my doctor, he did a blood panel and he's recommended some things. And right about that time, Care Of called and said, we want to sponsor the podcast. And they provide uh, supplements, vitamins, and they've got a really neat online quiz you can take. And I was a little skeptical, but I went through the online quiz filling out the things that I want to do. I want to lose weight, gain muscle, and help sleep, and uh, have some stress, stuff like that. They came back with virtually the exact same thing my doctor came back with after the blood panel. Uh, He said I needed magnesium and vitamin D, creatine, protein powder. They came back with the exact same thing, and I was stoked. It makes it so easy, so convenient. Shipped it right to our door, and they've got great tasting flavors. We just mix it up in our tumblers take it throughout the day. It's really been a huge help. And what I really look forward, uh, look for in a company like this is the transparency. Where are the supplements coming from? How are they packaged? How are they brought to you? And they've got all of that on there. It's takecareof.com, code word, Rebel Parenting. Welcome back to Rebel Parenting. Did you miss us? And I think we're missing it in a way because we're just so busy. Oh, that's great. You know what I mean? That's great. I did a symposium on Monday night on Mm. four parents on kids Mm. and screens. Mm. Mm. And Laura and I have noticed it. One of the things we talk to parents about is, hey, if you're going to have regulation on the screen in your house, guess who it starts with? (laughs) Chief of sinners, right? Right? Yeah. 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 If we are all going to put our phones away and not bring them to our bedrooms, then we're all going to put our phones away. Mm -hmm. We had Kathy Cook on the broadcast Mm. she's got a book called teens and screens and they've done studies with kids and so many kids are like oh well i don't talk to my parents when they've got their phone because they're afraid in the middle of telling them something hard scary deep stretching there'll be a little buzz and the mom will look down at her phone and be like what oh yeah you know I need the whole attention. I need Mm. you here now with me. Mm. I need you to see my unique thing. We were talking about yesterday, this great. Yesterday we had a person on talking about grief in children. And I said, well, what would be something kids can grieve on that just would surprise us? And she goes, any loss. It might be the green M&Ms. <laughs> they lost the green M&Ms. And to a seven-year-old, yeah, that could be might lost. be a big deal. And we're in the car yesterday getting ready to go to dinner with my parents. And Lucy was... I'm trying to get rid of all the Halloween candy. I don't know Yo, when this amen. show is yes. being amen aired. That. But yeah. I'm trying to throw it away while they're gone. And That's I right. throw away her blue 
sucker that she has been saving. She cried for a half hour. Lincoln, yeah, it was about a half hour. Well, not crying the whole time, but definitely stuck in a loop for about a half hour. Lincoln came up, even gave her a hug. And so yesterday when we were in the car. We're in the car and she starts complaining about how mommy threw her blue lollipop away. And I'm like, Blue lollipop. I go, blue lollipop. And Laura goes, green M&M's. Yeah. And I was like, I'm sorry, baby. That stinks. And it was like, it was just a moment. She needed us to in tune to her. She needed to be heard. Yes. She needed to feel validated. Yes. There's so much invalidation that goes on too. Mm. Oh, man. Okay, so let's press on that a little bit. So when we talk about brokenness in the book, I talk about different kinds of brokenness, right? So one is a kind of brokenness that is just from our own frailty like mm. we're finite we're humans we can't do it all you know contrary to the american myth we can't actually do it all right mm-hmm. but there's another kind of brokenness that comes from failure where we make mistakes we mess up you've alluded to this god uses that and then the third kind is from loss or if you will the fallenness in the world you mm-hmm. know right sometimes you have a mom that throws away your blue sucker you know yep. like sometimes or obviously worse things in life but in each of those things we actually need help from other people to put that brokenness in Jesus's hands. Mm. So mm. what I don't want people to hear from this is, okay, so you go to, in your broken state, you go put your life in Jesus's hands. Mm. No, actually, we need a community that helps us. Mm. And here's what I mean. We need a community that helps us grieve. We need a community yeah. that helps us confess our need. We need a community that helps us confess our failure, where it's safe to do that. So there are so many ways that as parents, we're actually training our children to say, it's okay to be finite. So we regularly have been talking with our kids. We have a ninth grader, seventh grader, and they're really worried now about grades and is this going to affect yeah. college stuff or whatever. And I'm like, honey, you're going to get C's. It's okay. Mm. And you, no one's ever going to ask you what your you grades know, were what in you did in And you can only do what you can do. So yeah. if mm. you miss one thing, you forgot an assignment. You know, I went through this with my son yesterday. He was like, he froze on a test. He studied, but he thought that was this kind of verb and the yeah, quiz was on this kind of verb. Thing. And I said, buddy, it's okay. Like, yeah. mm. so I'm going to help you confess your frailty. That's yep. not even a failure. That's just yep. being human, you know? Yeah. Right. And as parents, we give our children permission to admit that we're broken in mm. many different ways. Loss, failure, frailty, and to bring that to Jesus. Jesus mm. is not scared right. yeah. of our... Yes, that's a well, big one. I had a friend in the hospital in college. I'll just leave it at that. And I was freaking out over it. And it was over, you know, some colleges during Christmas break, it's a long Christmas break, but you can take a class if you come back and do one class, four hours a day kind of thing. I was in one of those classes. It was a Bible class. And I would leave the class, drive two hours, go to the hospital, sit outside ICU, wait till they close down, drive back, barely get any sleep. And I started falling asleep in class. And... It was such a big deal, and I woke up one day. The whole class is empty. It's just me and the professor. What do you do, right? I am for sure caught. (laughs) And he goes, hey, are you all right? And I was like, no, I'm not. And he asked what was going on, and I told him. And he said something. It wasn't Christianese, but it felt like it in the moment, and I kind of scoffed. And he looked at me, and he goes, you know, I think you should read the Psalms. And I was like, oh, should I? I remember being so sarcastic. <laughs> I was so you? tired. I'm so exhausted. I'm at my wits end. And he goes, oh, I don't think you understand the Psalms. He goes, I'll give you an assignment. I had missed tests. I had missed the final. And he goes, you know what? Take it whenever you want. You can take it a month from now. 
I'll give you as much time as you need. So gracious as a Bible professor. Mm. He said, go through the Psalms with a highlighter and then highlight tears, crying, weeping, moaning. Brilliant. Uh, well, brilliant. Highlight the anger. It's like two thirds. It's all of it. Yeah. yeah I mean, it's, 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 it's so, there. it is not yes. this like, yay, everything's great. No. It, it was just exactly where I was at. Yes. Yeah. yes. Well, you were going to say something. Well, there. I wanted to jump back into where you talked about community and connecting mm. it to being mm. broken and those mm. things. For people listening, I'm sure we get a lot of lonely people out there. And how would they connect feeling like I'm too broken to be in a community or I'm too too messed up or I'm too extra or I'm Mm. too much of a black hole or whatever, you know, to be in that. So, like, how would someone create a community that they're so so hungry for? Mm. Such a good question. And we do it well at New Life Downtown. Well, I have to admit. No, no, but there's no perfect church. But that's kind right. of the point, you yeah. know? Right. Ironically, sometimes when we're in our darkest places, we look for people who are polar opposites. Right. Instead of actually saying, actually, we're, to mm. borrow a phrase from, we're all beggars in search of bread. We're all looking for the only bread of life, who's Jesus yeah. himself. And so I do think churches that regularly practice corporate confession is a way of saying so every week at our church as yes. you know we, we do we, yeah. we pray this prayer. so you may have had a good week or a bad week but we're all going to say merciful lord mm-hmm. we have not loved you with our whole heart we have not loved our and all of a sudden it's like oh you too okay good i thought it was just yeah. me you know yeah. like oh no no For we're sure. all here and then i think what you said ryan is really huge the psalms sometimes even when we don't have the physical companions we can feel in the company of the saints by praying the psalms because not only did ancient israel write these songs while their homeland was being ransacked and Mm. destroyed not only that but for two thousand years christians have prayed the psalms most traditions they pray the psalms regularly you know some traditions daily prayers of the psalms so when you sit and read it you think gosh i'm in the company of literally millions of other followers of jesus who've looked at these words mm-hmm. and found, found themselves in it and said, yeah, huh. me, that is how I am today, yeah. Yeah. you know? I liked what you said earlier comfort. about community mm-hmm. grief. Mm-hmm. We don't do that very well right now. Dr. Caroline Leaf spoke mm-hmm. at the Springs Summit, Mental Health yeah. Summit, and she was talking about the village grandma that would just sit and people could come and sit and talk mm-hmm. with her and be angry and be mm-hmm. sad and be that way. And so, uh, especially with the social media aspect, we don't want to post... Or when we do post that we're sad, it is a calculated post. Yeah. It is, yeah. I'm looking it's to get this still. thing. Yeah. I just saw another, I'm going to be super cynical right now. I saw a thing, it was this dad posted, you know, my son had a birthday and none of the invited kids came. Can you give him a boost by, and I thought, you know, I've seen about 15 of these. I don't know if I believe yours. Right. Mm. I'm a little, I feel, it's a, it's a I feel a little age, bad be, yeah. being that cynical. Right. And yeah. it's, Posts like that exist because mm. that person doesn't have a community where he can just be like, man, what a huge bummer. Yeah. I am really sad. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. No, that's right. And there is research that shows that the best relationships have offline components and online components. Yeah. And I right. think what is worrying is where we have people who only have online components to their relationships because you can curate your vulnerability. Yep. Yes. Exactly. Yes. yes. So, Thank so, you. For so, sure. So, yeah. That's a much better way of putting it. Yeah. So then it's like, is this really transparent right. here? Is this mm-hmm. really? So, but we've got to have people where we can safely do this. And again, as parents, 
one of the most powerful gifts I can give my child is actually for them to see me confess. Yeah. And I've shared this at church. One of the most powerful memories I have of my dad is coming to my room at night and saying, I'm really sorry I lost my temper today. Mm. Uh, would you forgive me? And he was like a newer Christian at the time, you know, so, but it left an impression on me of like, you know, we all need a savior. None of us are the Messiah. None Ooh. of us, you know, so such a good role model. That's not to say we don't grow. That's not to say we don't change. It's only to say sometimes what our best gift to our children is not our perfection, but actually our confession. Oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. I got to ask you, Humble. I love your parents. I watch them in church all the time. <laughs> what is it like to have your parents come to your church where you preach. Mm. Oh, right. Because there's got to be amazing things, but every now and then you got to be like, oh, uh, my my mom and dad are sitting here. I'm going to talk about this today. (laughs) (laughs) I think at this stage in my life, I don't feel that. I don't feel the like, oh no, what... It feels an unbelievable honor. And... I I can't imagine. And they're, you know, they're in their 70s now and they're taking notes. They're saying amen. I mean, it's... Your mom always does. uh, You know, I could get emotional thinking about it. I bet. I bet. It is really, really a neat thing. Fuller Youth Institute did a study and have put out books and workbooks called Sticky Sticky Faith. Faith. Yes. They said one of the primary best things you can do to pass your belief system onto your kids is apologize when you're Mm. wrong. Wow. That was one of the number one, because it tells kids, hey, we all fail. Mom and dads fail. So good. You know, when I was doing that parenting thing with screens and I said, listen, when you give your kid a screen, one, you need to have lots of things in place first. And expect expect they will make a mistake mm-hmm. yeah. expect them to see things they shouldn't see expect mm-hmm. them to fail with it have right. a plan for that you're right. not perfect i'm not perfect there right. we cannot expect perfection from our do you hope they don't see bad things sure yeah it's still gonna happen yeah. and that's where i think so that word broken is sandwiched between these two other words blessed and given for a reason your failure Mm. does not change your blessedness in Christ. So in the same way, right? So same way as a child, like your failure to live up to our family values or whatever doesn't make you no longer my son or my daughter. Like you're always going to be rooted that way. And I love that. So even thinking, you know, we talked about the Genesis idea of God blessing the world. Well, we know there's a fall. Sure. Sure. But then Paul picks up on this in Ephesians and says, in Christ, we've been blessed with every spiritual blessing received. Mm -hmm. So this is why Paul doesn't address Christians as sinners. He addresses them as saints Saints. Mm. to the saints in Ephesus, to the saints in Corinth. I mean, like, have you read Corinthians? Like, these people are doing some (laughs) lousy stuff. Like, I just read it this morning in my Devo. It was like, Paul was like, you're doing stuff that not even the pagans would do, you know. But how does he open his letter to them? To the saints who Mm. are in Corinth. I struggle with that. I really do. Mm. I've listened to Graham Cook talk about Mm -hmm, a lot. Like, mm -hmm. the Lord is never mad at you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, "Mm." (laughs) <laughs> I don't know. You know, I do. I struggle with that. Yeah. I struggle with, you know, with Hosea, mm. right? Hosea married a prostitute mm. who would go back into sin and he would have over to buy her back. And, and explaining that the Lord's heart breaks like that when we sin. And I mean, he tells me, Graham, all the time, 
there's nothing you can do that's going to make the Lord love you less exactly. or more. He paid yep. that price exactly. so before you could decide, before right. you could have a say in the matter. Yep. Yep. It was decided without your blessing or you, without you, you your permission. Yeah, you didn't need to weigh in on this. God decided to yep. bless yep. you. God decided to make you. God I struggle decided. with that at times. Mm. I struggle in my failure thinking... Well, well, I'm not good enough for this blessing of the yes. Lord. Yeah. I've done yes. all these things. Yes. Surely I've lost. Some... I think that's very normal. I think all of us, if we're honest, say, and this is not <laughs> to say we don't sin. This is not to say we don't fall short. It's just that our fundamental identity is not sinner, yeah. but yeah. sin. A new creation. Right? We are a new creation. Right. So we're learning to live up to this new And again, there are some human analogs to this, right? So in marriage... We might fall short of being a good spouse toward one another, but it doesn't all of a sudden nullify the vows that we made. And also, oh, now mm. we're no, right. So a right. covenant, God has made a covenant with us and he's the one that's done all the work. Yeah. So he's saying, live as you already are. Live as what I yeah. made you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to give you the power through the Holy Spirit. But when you go up and down and bob in this stuff, it doesn't shake the core of who I've redeemed you as. I've redeemed you as my beloved son and daughter. Mm -hmm. So when our oldest turned 13, we gave her a journal that we'd been writing in since she was a baby. And it was... there's so much better. No, 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 stop. That's why he's on Rebel Parenting. That's right. Someone gave us this idea and I can't remember who exactly it was, but it was a genius idea. And we've done it for all our kids and now our second is about to turn 13 next month. We're going to give... And she knows she's going to get it. She knows, she knows. Oh, that's so so, cool. So initially, you know, we would write things like, this was your favorite blankie and this was, you know. But then as she got older, we'd write things we saw in her Mm. and gifts that we saw develop and interests and the way she'd stand up on the kitchen table and say I'm going to lead you in worship you know yeah. at four years old and you know now at 14 she is you know leading worship and mm-hmm. um, so we would write all these things and then over time you know you get busier we would just bare minimum write one page per year I mean like this is yeah. just based Real on like, okay we're going to write one page once a year that's it and but even that accumulates over the years oh, so yeah. at 13 we took her out for brunch my wife and I and we gave her the journal and she was laughing, reading these early stories. She's crying. Mm. And we said to her, listen, honey, in your teenage years, the enemy, the world around you, lots of people are going to vie for a voice about who you are. That's yes. right. Yep. Oh. And we yep. want you to know, we know your story. We know who you are. We know oh, who God made strong. you be. Isn't that something? Yeah. And look, if you're out there and you're like, oh, I wish my parents did that for me. Listen, your heavenly father did that for you. <laughs> he did it. Like, yeah. That's what the Bible is. Yeah. This is God saying, mm, let me tell you your story. I yeah. know who you are. I've seen you from the beginning. Mm. And actually, I know your ending. You're going to have a glorious resurrected mm. body one day. Yeah. I mean, listen, the gospel is God saying, I know your story. Yep. Oh, it's so Wow, amazing. that's powerful. I just got chills. Woo. Ooh, I got a little preachy Thank there you, for Lord. a minute. Sorry. Yeah. Way to go, Pastor. <laughs> By the way, you're like, I wish my parents had done for me. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah. You know, your parents buy that page in your senior yearbook. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. It's got yeah, all yeah. the, yeah, no, no, no. Got my yearbook, went looking for it. They didn't even know it existed. It was like, mm. okay, that's fine. Okay. No big deal. Oh, now yeah, I know, you know what to get what, you um, for Father's Day. <laughs> I wish I knew the title of it. I will find it and put it in our next newsletter for resources. Mm. But Jason Pearson and Doug Fields co-wrote a book together like that journal for your kids. And it's got all kinds of things in it like this is my favorite movie and I think you'd really like this. Or I read these books and I think you'd like these books. And it's tons of art. 
in it. It's very, very, very creative. They are very creative guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I saw it when I was at an event with him, and I was like, ooh, I've got to get this. Because you can write it for both of your, you know, you can do one for each kid, you know. Mm. Yeah, that That is very, very cool. That is fun. And here's the thing, too, parents, because most of our parents have been married for more than 10 years. 80% of our listeners, more than 10 years of marriage. So their kids are a little bit older. They're in the teen years. A lot of them are... It's never too late. It's no, yes. no, right. right. You could write one for the next two years or the next two months. Mm-hmm. And hey, I was thinking yes. about you. Yeah, yes. there's a great book called "The Secret Life of a Fool" by Andrew Palau, Louis Palau's son. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Andrew was crazy, like not Christian crazy, like dropping rocks off bridges, setting fires, crazy. And he wanted to come on and talk about his book. And I was like, I don't know. Like, (laughs) this might make your parents look really bad. Like, Luis is a hero of the faith. Is he going to be passive or permissive or have a blind Mm -hmm. eye or absent or nope, none of those things. Like, if you've got a prodigal kid and you just don't know what to do, Mm. read that book and read Luis's letters to Andrew. They're not condescending. They're not putting him down. They're not talking from on high. Yeah. It is just love amazing it's mm-hmm. oh i was talking to the lord and i was i was thinking it for you because i know what you're doing and i'm really not a pre- the no hidden messages wow. it yeah. was done in a very very healthy That's good way amazing well yeah. i just have to say to everyone listening we have just been so blessed by you in our own brokenness mm-hmm. as a couple mm-hmm. and you being our pastor and just <laughs> you allowing us to be honest with you and yeah still open arms and love us. I mean, I have never had that with a pastor up until you. And I mean, you know our story and you know our history. And so I just want everybody to read your book or come to New Life Downtown and hear you. And just, I mean, we have just been blessed. And so you have given that to us by just accepting us. 100%. So we thank you for that. It's very true. I'm Mm. very grateful for you guys. Mm. And I'm grateful for what the Lord does with all of us. You know, I mean, so you hinted at this at the beginning here about bread that is not broken cannot be shared. Mm. Our brokenness is not the end of the story. Right. You know, I mean, Jesus in Luke 9, he blesses the bread, breaks it, and somehow it multiplies. (laughs) Yeah. Like, oh, people get fed as a result. At Passover, Luke 22. He blesses it, breaks it, gives it to his disciples. And he says, this is going to make you think of me and the cross and my Mm. death. Like our very brokenness is meant to let the world think about our crucified and risen Savior. This is like we're resurrection stories. All of us are. Mm. And because we are, it points to the resurrection story (laughs) of Jesus. Luke 24, Jesus blesses bread, breaks it in someone else's home. Disciples on the road to Emmaus. And all of a sudden their eyes are opened. Hmm. Oh, yeah. How many people could have their eyes opened because we allowed Jesus to take our brokenness in his hands and give us away? Yeah. So I applaud you guys. I mean, the way that you share this stuff, or all of you out there, the parents and kids and families in our homes, all of this stuff, there's nothing here. There's no part of the story that cannot be placed in Jesus' hands and that he can't use to actually open eyes, feed the hungry, point to himself. We found that over and over again. Yeah. Last thing before we go. Yeah. And if it's too personal, by all means, we'll just end and it's no big deal, for sure. (laughs) What is it like being a parent of four kids in a church and having them there? You know, I mean, when Lincoln was young, I've never said it publicly before, but I said it for the first time on Saturday at the Middle Springs Health Clinic. Mm. When my son was young, 
I was so afraid I was going to make my parents look bad. And yeah. then everybody would stop listening to Focus on the Family, and then they wouldn't hear about Jesus, and then 300 yeah. million people are going to go to hell because I'm a bad parent. <laughs> like, it really affected me as a parent, yeah. but I know it's hard. Like, your kids are in church, yeah. and people do watch them and look at them, and you've got a marriage, yeah. and you've got a wife, and all those mm-hmm. things. How hard is it? Because I think people out there have pastors and we forget that they're human beings. We forget that they've got families. We forget that they go through struggles too. They're just as tired as us. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They've got all the things that we do, except they're also on stage trying to lead us in the Lord. Mm. Well, there's several things that can be said. First, let me start with the kids thing. We've always tried to just let our kids have permission to be kids. Mm. The problem is... Even if the pressure doesn't come from us, it comes from it others. comes from yeah. others. Right. So we have never said, "Hey, you better sit up and don't yeah. be noisy." And we're yeah. like, you know, your kids. Uh, we're going to try to parent you like any kids in the church. But the pressure does come from others inadvertently, yeah. where people just For say, sure. "Oh, why don't you pray?" or "Why don't you say this mm. or that?" And I would say generally, New Life Downtown, our congregation, people are so kind about that. I oh, don't think great. they've ever felt a negative version of that. Mm. Our older two are at the age where they kind of internalize it and they say, well, our friends just say, you guys are leaders. And so then I feel like, oh, well, we got to. Mm. And so I just say to them, yeah, but you don't have to be. I mean, if it's appropriate for you to change the course of a certain situation, great. But if, you know, you have needs for yourself too and if you're exhausted. Mm -hmm. So just trying to help them manage that. There is responsibility and there is permission. And that's part of being a teenager is mm-hmm. you're growing into responsibilities that adults will have. But there's also permission to be young and immature right, and foolish. Right, you're going right. to make yep. mistakes. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So we try to, to balance that. As far as like with our home or our marriage, I think there's a difference between uh, showing scars and showing wounds. And what mm. I mean by that is it's the difference of time. So yep. we're okay to tell stories that are now scabbed over. They're yep. scars. Okay, we've resolved something here. We can share this. But we have close friends that we can go real time with Good. and say, hey, mm-hmm. yep. this hasn't healed yet. This yep. is like a real, yep. you know. And I think everybody needs that, especially yep. people who are maybe in the public eye. And the trap is to say, I can't show anyone this. Yes. And then it doesn't turn into a healthy scab. It actually turns into an infection and yep. a festering right. wound. So right, right. that's the dangers. You have to have people. And sometimes that is counselors, therapists, you know, oh, yeah. which, which we do have. I mean, I see a spiritual director. My wife has seen counselors. We're not shy about that stuff, oh, no. you know. Yeah. And we have close friends that we work through things with as well. Maybe the third thing to say about this is every person who's in the public eye needs time out of it, yes. time away from it. Every person who's on a platform <laughs> mm. needs time off of it. So sometimes mm-hmm. uh, some well-meaning people at church will say, boy, you're not preaching very much. And I'll say, exactly. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, like Which the, is better for you. You just don't realize it you, right now. You don't realize it. But yeah. the era of like a pastor had to speak 50 out of 52 weeks of the year. Right. Yeah. Right. I, I'm so grateful that that is changing. And it's very normal for my peers to preach 33, 30, you know, four weeks out of the year. And that's not being lazy. That's being healthy. Yep. Yes. Yep. Because if yep. all of my piety or all of my virtue is on display, it's like the social media thing, curated yeah. vulnerability. Yeah. yeah. You can have curated piety. Yeah. Where you're like, oh, I love Jesus. And like, well, but do you love Jesus when there's no one watching? Yeah. Right. I need to make right, sure that right, that's right. still true. Intact. Yeah. You know? yeah. Awesome. Wow. Man. Yeah. Hey, thanks for being here today. Man, I appreciate thank it. Thanks for the book and being vulnerable and mm-hmm. being transparent, being a great pastor. 
being a good role model. I mean, I know that puts pressure on you, and Lord it man. is great to have a pastor I can look up to. Thank you I appreciate it. Love you guys. Thanks, Rebels. Appreciate you guys. Bye. Thanks to Glenn for coming in the studio today. Thanks for joining this podcast. Thanks for sharing this with your friends and family. Thanks for giving to our ministry financially. We appreciate that. We could not help the families like we do without your support. You can donate at rebelparenting.org. Click on the Donate tab. God bless, Rebels. We'll see you soon. Rebel Parenting is produced by Rebel Media House. And when you need a little help with your marriage or parenting, and everyone does, you can find it at rebelparenting.org. Sign up for the Rebel Update by texting the word REBEL to 444-999. That's R-E-B-E-L, and the number is 444-999. We love it when you share Rebel Parenting with your friends and family, so thank you. God bless. Thanks for spending your time with us, and we'll see you next time for another episode of Rebel Parenting.